Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to build better clients, a better practice, and a better life. Hi, I'm Tom Wheelwright, your host and founder and CEO of the Wealth Ability Network. So the question is, with CPAs, are we... Are we too narrow in some of our focus? Is there a way to build our business by actually casting a wider net while not sacrificing the quality of our clients? And I'm very, we're very fortunate to have with us today the expert in this, Pamela Slim. And Pamela, it is so good to have you with us. I am so excited to be here. So if you would, would you just give us a, a you know, brief background and, and, you know, what it is that got you interested in this topic in particular? Absolutely. So I am an author and a, a business consultant and the co-founder with my husband, Daryl, of the Main Street Learning Lab right here in Mesa, Arizona. And I've been in business about 25 years. So the first 10 years, I was a management consultant in Silicon Valley. I'm from California originally. So I worked always on the human side of business. A lot did a lot of growing and scaling of firms for about 10 years and ended up working throughout the country. When I moved to Arizona, uh, the last latest 15 years, I started doing early stage startup work. So my first blog was Escape from Cubicle Nation that became my first book that came out in 2009. In management consulting years, I met so many people who really wanted to be out of corporate, but wanted to do so in a financially responsible way. So I did a lot of that early stage work. I shifted to do more scaling um, and focusing on people's body of work, which was the title of my second book that came out in 2014. And then for the last five years, we've been actively curating our small business learning lab here, really building community and working with a particular method of working with clients that is now The Widest Net, which is my latest book that just came out about little under a month ago. That's awesome. Thank you. And congratulations. I understand your book keeps winning awards. So that's fantastic. Thank you. Um, We're excited. Well, it's been nominated. We'll find out if it's winning uh, the categories. I mean, mean, just ask ask any actor. It's all the same, right? That's right. So I want to start with just kind of the premise of the book, because a lot of our listeners are members of our network, or they, they, they listen to our, our show um, on a regular basis. And I'm constantly talking about, well, you want to be really clear on who your client is and who's the right client for your firm. Uh, because I started, I know when I started, and I started my first firm 25 years ago, and this was after 
So I'm 40 years into this. So, um, <laughs> so I'm really old. And, um, and so 25 years ago when I started, I just took anybody. And that's pretty much what most CPAs do. They just take anybody. And what I found over the years is, is that the more selective I was about my clientele, the more profitable I became. And actually the more clients came to me because uh, you know they, they say mass attracts, right? So you're basically building a mass of energy that you're attracting people to because if you're scattered, there's no, you know, there, there's no energy that people are being attracted to because you're too scattered. So when you say cast a wider net, which I kind of like the idea from a marketing standpoint, because I find that CPAs, we start small and then get smaller. And so <laughs> when you talk about casting, why not, can you just kind of give us a little rundown of what you mean by that? And how, yeah. how, that how, how is that different from, you know, just taking any client or how does, how do you differentiate there? So let me start just with a bit more the philosophical underpinning, the big idea that I think will be helpful. And then we will make sure we get extremely tactical because I love awesome. tactical things to help your folks get clients like today and tomorrow. Um, from a big picture, I really juxtapose the idea and the framework in the book with what I call empire culture. In empire culture, we're, we're taught a lot in business. We actually use that language sometimes. So we're building our own personal empire. So everything is just about creating your firm. And in that case, when you talk about casting a wide net, people just think of doing a whole bunch of different marketing activities all over the place to just beg, borrow people to come visit you and buy your stuff which by definition we know is not very effective. For a lot of people that I work with that might be more introverted, that might not necessarily want to be the cult of personality where they are the, the center of the empire, it also doesn't really feel right for them to constantly be putting themselves front and center and just pulling people into their business. The framework for the widest net is based on an ecosystem model. And so in the center of the ecosystem, is what I hear you describing is a very clear and firm definition, which is one of the chapters in the book, about who exactly your ideal client is. And in particular, it would be defined by a problem or challenge that a client has. Mm -hmm. So in the context of your business, it could be somebody who has really built a very profitable business, they're just getting ready to sell and they might need to be working on specific things in order to, to tell the story to sell their business in an effective way as one example. Or somebody else might work with people just starting their business where they're getting the operational processes in place. As we think about that as the center of the ecosystem for that client who's trying to get that done so that they have a successful business outcome, they are surrounded in an ecosystem. And in my model, there are 10 different segments of the, that ecosystem where they already are going places to get information, resources, services to help them meet that end of like having a successful business. And so, in my model, it's more about doing a strategic analysis of saying in this big ecosystem, where are key watering holes? So mm -hmm. places in person or online where you could meet one to many, whole bunch of people that fit that ideal profile. So instead of just 
casting a net and reaching a bunch of individual people to come to your empire, you're actually doing a very strategic focused way in which you can be connecting one to many with a lot of different customers. Ironically, I use an example in the book about associations of CPAs. <laughs> so one segment of the ecosystem wheel are associations. If I chose as a business coach to solely focus on like the International Association of CPAs, I could have enough business for generations for my kids, right? Because there are so many people who are gathered in that spot. So that the key that we can explore really tactically is by wider net, I mean, how can you understand the ecosystem of companies, service providers, associations, media hubs that are also helping your ideal client to solve their problem? And how can you make a choice about strategically aligning with them? So see, I, I knew this was going to come to a, a, a really good place here, um, Pamela, when we started talking uh, before, we, before we started the podcast, because um, we actually are building our own ecosystem. We, we just decided we're going to build our own ecosystem. Uh, one of the challenges, uh, again, in our profession is that there's this whole sense of, well, you know, if I cooperate with somebody or if I'm in, if I'm kind of feel like I'm in that ecosystem, I have to be the only one in the ecosystem. It's like, I remember years and years ago going to the Tempe Chamber of Commerce, right? So we live down the street from each other. So you know, mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about. And you go to the Tempe Chamber of Commerce and you go, man, I just hope there's not a CPA there because and another CPA, because I'll be competing with them, right? in the Tempe Chamber of Commerce and, you know, and, and, you know, it took me a while before I figured out Tempe Chamber of Commerce is not the place for me to be in the first place, because that's not where my ideal clients are in, in, in any case. And there's a better way to market than, you know, meet and greet and, and, and glad hand. And I'm actually not very good at that part. So um, what, what I, what we decided was we're going to build a network of cooperative CPAs. So we actually don't compete with each other. And we, we share ideas with each other. We help each other. Um, uh, we actually, um, we do a lot of marketing for our CPAs um, because that's actually something we're actually pretty successful at. And, um, but I'm always looking for ideas, which is another reason I love having marketing people on the show because I'm, I'm the student here. Um, but we also look at, for example, I look at people like, okay, well, the financial planners, well, you know, those are, they're, they're going to have the same, they're going to have the people that we want to be around, right? Or the life insurance agents, they're going to have people we're going to want to be around or the attorneys. I, I think though, you mentioned one thing that really kind of struck home is um, this this one-on-one -on -one versus one-to-many. And uh -huh. it's actually something that we've done quite well. Um, I, as you, uh, I'm a co-author, I'm an author as well. And my uh -huh. book's been cast a very wide net. It's been very, very um, fortunate. I've been very fortunate to be able to cast such a wide net. And um, and, but one-on-one -on -one is just really slow. <laughs> it's really painful. And I've actually never gotten it to work very well. You know, people will say, well, I get all my, as, as referrals, I'm going, well, you're not, you're probably not growing fast enough or as fast as you'd like to, if they're only coming from referrals. So, because what you'd really like is the referrals from the referrals from the referrals from the referrals. So as, as you cast that wide net. So what are, what are some ideas when you think about that one-to-many, what are, what are some simple things to do that are, are beyond, say, getting on stage where people might be scared to death of doing something like that? For sure. So the, 
the discerning factor, and, and this is part of what in, in the really the first third of the book, as you look at the model of how you can begin to discern and align places that would be a good fit for you is where you are clear about your mission, the bigger mission of what you're trying to do that might be shared with other service providers. You know about your values. You and I have been in business long enough to know there can be a client that has a problem we can help them solve, but if they're not aligned with values in terms of how they do business, it can be really hard to make that work. So you want to be clear about that. You want to have a really clear audience definition. And then some core places that really work one to many I found can be um, associations are amazing. There are many different ways that one can work with associations. You can work in submitting uh, an article for publications. You can do webinars if people are a little bit more cautious about stepping on stage. I've done amazing webinars, both with associations where I've had thousands of people, none of whom I had to personally invite because I would partner with the association saying, hey, let me do a webinar on tiny marketing actions. And they would bring their audience together. I would provide value to them. They would benefit. All those people would get to know about me. Or in many cases, when you look at um, complementary products, I work, you and I know here in Arizona, we have two big companies we have here, Keep, that's formerly Infusionsoft, and then GoDaddy. I've done so much work throughout the years where when you think about it, their customers are mine. They're also yours. They're, you know, CPAs. Every single business owner needs a CPA. So I've done lots of series of webinars with GoDaddy for their customers. I've created content for Infusionsoft. I've been on their podcast. And these are ways when you look at companies that have large numbers of ideal clients because of the specific focus they have you can actually get quite precise depending upon the niche that your your listeners have usually within any one area whether it is that they work with people in a vertical way like working with lawyers or if they work with a stage of business there are specific products that people tend to use either in a vertical or within a stage of business. So something like, you know, keep people would use when they're getting ready to scale their business, not when they're starting. Right, so, so let me ask you that next logical question. So basically what I hear you saying is, if, if, if you want a certain customer, go, go where the customer is going, right? And, th and that's where you're gonna find them. <laughs> you find them where they are. Um, not Go where uh, somebody else has already taken the right, time they, to gather them. Exactly. Yeah. So how do, how do you go about identifying, um, you know, those, those places like, so I will be, so this is, uh, okay, a little transparency here. So yeah. we use Keep. Mm -hmm. It never dawned on me until this, this minute thing, well, they'd be a great place to go. So how, yes. how do you, how do you, how do you get through that thought process where you're going, okay, so how do I get to those? Cause this is what I, when I go back to your book, The Widest Net, mm -hmm. Untapped Markets, Customers in Front of You, these are ones that you haven't thought of. So how do you think of things you haven't thought of? There, there is an iterative process, and I call it the accordion principle, because in order to go really big and strategic sometimes, you do need to do some strategic analysis. As I said, do the foundational work of mission, values, audience description, clarity on offers. Then one of the easiest ways to begin to research it first, empty your own mind of those connections that you know, where you notice, I, I always use in the service provider, what I call the PB&J category. So highly complementary, non-competitive service providers. Yeah, attorneys, financial planners. Attorneys, financial planners, graphic designers, copywriters. I mean, you and I know the same list, literally. Um, and 
when you think only in that particular slice, every one of those has associations usually, and that could just be a very fruitful way. But you can, you can look for these natural adjacencies. And then the first circle that you can do of research is to ask your favorite customers. This is really important. Don't ask everybody, including the ones that you're like, oh, I can't wait till the engagement is done, but really ask your very favorite people because they tend to be in the right place in the sweet spot for your services and they're aligned with your values. And I have, I think in the book, like three basic questions. You could just first ask them, like, what is your favorite podcast that you listen to that is related to this topic that we're working on, right? Growing their business or, you know, financial well-being. Who are some other service providers who you love who you work with and then a favorite all of this of course pre-pandemic is if you know if you could go to one event a year that is just the best one for you what is that event events are like the supernova mm -hmm. of watering holes because they tend to attract a bunch of ideal customers where you define it correctly fellow speakers can become your pb and j partners people with strategic partnerships sponsors are often companies that sometimes have millions of customers who fit your profile, that's why they're sponsoring the conference. And so you can literally have a marketing plan that could last you for five years that might just be based on two or three core marketing strategies that you use. But the idea is start with what you know, expand the next circle asking your favorite clients, my one of my premises because i am sort of a slow burn person i believe in strategy over time and taking your time to build to build a business is it really is your job to begin to pay attention and get to know what is that ideal audience who are the very best people that are in the ecosystem surrounding your clients the metaphor i've been using lately on a lot of podcasts about the book is the justice league so i say if you have 30 minutes where you had to solve save the world with your particular area of expertise who are your fellow justice league members who you would call upon your other ecosystem partners the best of the best the best life insurance people the very best companies who are solving the problem that is the ecosystem that you want to help your customer understand so that collectively we can all help our customers be successful. And then, of course, by by virtue of that, help each other to be successful as well. And then what's the next ring? So I'm, I'm going to keep expanding this out because I'm going, okay, I've got, got those first yeah. couple. But even even there, I'm not sure I've, I, I'd have gotten to uh, keep or infusion side. Yeah, and, and some of this is actually when you're when you're in conversation. So we can see some the kinds of things that happen. It sounds like when you're within your network of peers, sometimes just the most natural things that are right in front of us, we just don't see. If um, when there are some standard questions that you would ask yourself, and I know that I have all of these like lined, you know, lined in the book, but you can look at, you know, what products are you using to run your business that you really love? And if you do fit your ideal customer profile, that can be a place. You know, I love Gusto. I just love that as a payroll uh -huh. service. It's easy, intuitive. I'm I just, I'm a fan of their branding and their yeah. support and all that. So it's a natural place. If I look at what are the services that I just have no problem at all recommending, that's often a first place to look or what do I use to run my business? What helps you to have that lens? And it's, it, you know, it's a little hard to see before you begin to do the work and you actually like follow the steps that are in the book. Cause it really is a method. One step builds on the other. 
but when you begin to clearly understand um, the kind of, of audience that you're going after and the kind of specific problem they have to solve, and then you can look at the e ecosystem wheel and just say, well, who are companies that are also trying to help other companies scale, grow their business. And then you might dig in and say, okay, well, there'd be some that, that focus on business operations, some that focus on finances. So things like Intuit and FreshBooks and Wave. Like when you begin to just dig in on each of these components of the ecosystem wheel, often that's what unlocks your thinking. And that's part of what I try to do is just to have a couple of frameworks that can begin to give you some detail. Because yeah. if you and I are just sitting here and I just say, hey, tell me, you asked me the question, Pam, what are, where are all the new market opportunities in the coming year cold? I couldn't tell you, but as I start to do it with discernment and I know the places to look and the questions to ask, that's where it becomes more apparent. But yeah. I will say like that for me, the biggest thing is, is just being a passionate, person and just being interested in others expertise like I get more excited than seeing a rock star when I come across somebody who is amazing at what they do that's an ecosystem partner and I don't forget it I connect with them on LinkedIn I often write about them and that's the way you can begin to build this positive thing then more people refer you and it and after a while as you're asking of like how does the next circle develop Either it becomes that natural network effect where because you're really right. connected with many others, the referral network actually becomes exponentially bigger. But the other thing is you can make strategic decisions as a business to operationalize and to staff those functions. So you really do have people who are researching, who are connecting, who are doing customer surveys, who are doing much more thorough referral uh, processes and inquiry. Interesting, interesting. This is this is just flown by. So <laughs> I can't believe that, that we, we've uh, covered so much and so quickly. Uh, let me ask you for, because you keep talking about tiny marketing steps. And, and this is one. I, I don't know if this is one or if this is just the big picture, because I love the strategy. We focus mm -hmm. a lot on being strategic. And I love the values because I think that's critical um, to, to have those, those values. I think the worst thing in the world out I'll have, um, I'll have somebody come to me and say, hey, because um, of course our niche is reducing taxes, right? That's the, that's the big pain that we're solving. And somebody will come to me and say, well, I'm paying like $3 million a year in taxes. Can you just handle it for me? I'm going, nope, because I don't do that. I don't handle it for you. This, uh, I'm a partner and that's not, and if that's what you want is somebody to handle it for you, hmm. I'm happy to send you somewhere that, to somebody that might be willing to do that, okay? Yes. That's not me, okay? So um, so I think that that whole values issue is so important. I, I always tell people the quickest way um, to, to lose your status as a client of mine hmm. is, to, um, is to yell at my uh, assistant. That's yes. the quickest way. We're the you same person. You just I would be like this, my assistant, you're done. It's over. There, there are no second chances there. Okay, so there, I just I do think you have to draw some lines there, and when you do, then it, it just makes it so much more clear as to who you are, and it's so much more clear as to who you want to be around. Um, and some of that comes with a little experience, I think. Um, but what, you know, of course, our goal, yours and mine, is to help people not have to wait until they have the experience in order to figure this out. Yes. <laughs> right, exactly. I don't want anybody to have to go through 40 years of this before they finally figured it out. I, it took me long enough uh, to figure it out myself. Yeah. But, but when you think about some of the other tiny marketing steps, mm -hmm. what, what are maybe the top two or three that come to mind? 
Yeah, so I came up with a concept of tiny marketing actions with a with a client who was at a place where she had had a really successful business and then she hadn't really been doing a lot of seeding and marketing. She was just focused on delivering the work, which all of us can get stuck on doing. And a convergence happens sometimes where just all of a sudden you don't have any more leads. You have satisfied past clients, but don't have any new ones. So the idea of tiny marketing actions, there's a little play on words. I call them TMAs, like not TMIs, but TMAs, is you tiny steps that you can take and generally in five or 10 minutes a day that are specific actions that will move your marketing forward. The prerequisite to knowing the correct actions to take is where you do a little bit of an analysis in your in your ecosystem mapping. So you might say, I'm always a fan, again, in the professions that we have, one natural place to look that's always a good start is to ask your favorite clients, who are your favorite service providers that you're working with? So that would be intellectual property attorney, business coach, financial planner. Uh, Ask five of your favorite clients that question. And that way you can have a strategic picture. Maybe you have a little spreadsheet or put it in your CRM where you actually have the names of these people. To be very specific when you're taking an action, you could do the first one where you have, you you craft according to your natural way of reaching out. And I'm very big about being relational. I'm never going to reach out cold to somebody and say, you know, hi, I'm Pam, like, let's do a collaboration or, you know, can you, um, can you give me some clients? We're going to have a natural way of connecting. But if, for example, you have asked your client about their favorites and then you ask them permission saying, would you be comfortable if I mention the fact that you love working with them? You have to have their permission. Then in a tiny marketing action each day, you could maybe reach out to one. The first time you craft the message, you're probably going to be putting the general stuff. Hey, I'm working with it with you know our shared client they raved about your services would you have 15 or 20 minutes just for me to learn a little bit more about you because I know that we probably share some clients and I would just love to know more about what you do period like you can give your information and say if it's not a fit or you're busy no worries something like that simple straightforward not overbearing If you are planting those seeds, that same kind of draft of email, the next day, you could probably then take the next person on the list and send it. Some people like to do their tiny marketing actions in batches. So they say Friday morning from eight to nine, they might do 20 of those in a row. I have seen evidence with so many different clients that what makes a difference and what makes it not just something scattershot is where you have done the strategic analysis to say these are some places in which I know could really make a difference for outreach and then you implement it in these small actions. So we talked about these peanut butter and jelly partners, service providers to just have a get to know you. If there's a good fit, then you can just look at ways of being aware of each other and doing some referrals. Another favorite thing that I suggest to folks is to look at associations. So the same kind of slice, look at your ideal clients, notice an association that, you know, at least some of them might belong to. It's the best if it's something like a national organization and see if you could craft a very specific topic for either a webinar or a talk. 
that you could pitch to them. If you're not comfortable talking, you could do it in terms of content that they could include in their newsletter. Sometimes it takes a bit of hit and miss to be making the connection. Sure. Certainly if you belong to some of those associations, which is a good idea, it can, it can be helpful. But I've seen a lot of really effective marketing happen that way. I call it being the weirdo in the room. So I would rather be the only business coach in a sea of CPAs if you're well, my sure. ideal client course, fit, rather than being in a, like you said, at a chamber where there's just a whole bunch of different businesses, because by virtue of me being discerning about that space, it doesn't take a lot of those folks in that large setting to reach out to me for me to, to make it worthwhile. Well, let me ask you about a third one. This is one yeah. of my favorites and it's a favorite. I learned, uh, I, I actually have a really good friend. He's a, he's a terrific marketer, young guy. And, uh, what I've noticed about him is he's probably the only person I know that never asks for anything. He only, he, his, his always it's, how can I help you? What can I help you with? Mm -hmm. And so you're always, by doing that, you're always thinking about him, right? So, I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't be thinking about him if that weren't the case. I mean, I literally, I call him up. I, I said, I'm going to be in, I'm going to be in your town. Can we, you know, go to breakfast? Just love to, you know, catch up. Yeah. First thing he does. So what's going on? What, uh, you know, what can I do for you? You know, how can I, how can I help you? Yeah. So tell, tell me about, I mean, it, 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 have you had that experience as, as far as from a marketing standpoint? Because I haven't seen a lot of people uh, behave that way, frankly. I find that very unusual. Yeah, I, I love that. To me, I always really look through the lens of where that probably is a really sincere expression of who he is as a person and his values, which is a really beautiful thing. It reduces any kind of anxiety that people feel from like having an ask, and it can be something that is really service focus that also can be a good way to gather information. If he's doing that with peers and colleagues, he's going to be learning about, well, this is my biggest problem. If you could help me do this, which is a bit of market research, so it can be really strategic to do that. And so in general, I really like to have like much more offering to help and, and being consistent. I will say when you develop deeper relationships, there is something that is powerful about being able to ask from peers and partners what it is that you need and to do it in such a way that completely leaves them off the hook. So I just released a book, as you know, where I have to get endorsements and then I have a lot, you know, I had a launch coming up and so I was reaching out to friends. I have many friends who I've known for years. I've blurred their books, you know, we've supported each other, but always the way that I would ask after lots of back and forth, being supportive, texting them, helping when they need to is saying, look, I'm really excited. My book's coming out. Um, is it okay, first of all, if I were to send you a copy, if you read it and you find that you connect with it and it's a good fit for your audience, if, if, you, know, if you could do an endorsement? If not, if you're too busy or if it's not a fit, no problem at all. Just let me know yes or no. It's important in our deeper relationship that we do learn how to support each other by asking for what we need. And I think the context of what you're saying is not necessarily like with a deeper ecosystem partner that you get to know over time. It might just be a general way that you're, you're showing up in order to reach out to people. But in general, like I weigh more towards helping people out, but sometimes it's good for you to be able to ask. On top of that, we, we all know the um, massive book influence yeah. And right by our, our own local professor at ASU here. And, Robert Cialdini, uh, yeah. Right. And he, and he goes, look, 
the, the, the reason, um, one of the things that works so well is you give something and then people ha have this need for reciprocity. And it, you, you don't do it for that reason. I don't believe in doing it for that reason. I yeah. think you do it because you really want to help them. Um, but my, my experience is, because I've spent a lot of time um, doing things for other people, but that's because that's what I like doing. I mean, I'm in a service industry. I, you know, the fact I get paid is like on top of, you know, you can, you have to do that, but um, I like I like serving the clients. I mean, that's what I like doing. So it's, it's easy for me, but it seems, but to me, I just, I'm always struck when I talk to him about what an easy thing that is for him to do. And I know he's got, and he's very sincere about it. I mean, there's yeah. nothing, I'm doing this so that you'll do something for me. There's none of that ever. It's completely pure. So I just love that one. So um, I, I, this has been terrific. I've made, you know, loads of notes here. I actually have a whiteboard uh, desk that I write on. And oh, cool. uh, that's, every, every, every wall, every, every surface in my home is a whiteboard um, because I'm very visual. So I really, we, we, we have a huge whiteboard wall. You would love it here. Cause our entire wall is whiteboard paint. I've, you would I've love got it here. One of those. <laughs> I've got, I've got, I've got actually several of those. So I, I love that. I love that. Uh, be very visual, but um, Pamela, uh, again, Pamela, son, thank you so much for being with us. Um, it's the widest net. And uh, how do we get a hold of you? We know your books everywhere, but how do we get yeah. a hold of you? So one thing you can get, if you go to my site, PamelaSlim.com forward slash The Widest Net, the title of the book, I have no email required, the downloadable exercises from the book. So sometimes people just don't want to read the whole thing. I hope you do. But if not, you can just get the workbook that has the exercises from every chapter. And so for those who have been listening, and I mentioned a couple questions you can ask for ecosystem all the exercises are there. I also have a template for ecosystem, um, creating an ecosystem map. So you can just get those. But then also, of course, you can get the book anywhere they're sold. I would appreciate it if you if you pick it up. And uh, I'm. you can find me at PamelaSlim.com. Feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. I always love to connect and meet people over there. I love that. I love your generosity. I love that you don't ask for an email address, frankly. I, I, you know, they say that's a terrible marketing thing to do, but I love that you do that. Um, because no, I, yeah, sometimes you do. You go somewhere and you go, yeah, I don't want to get a whole bunch of emails back from this. I just want this one thing, right? And so I, I just love, I love you to do that. I appreciate that very much. Um, so appreciate uh, all the lessons here uh, that you've shared with our listeners. And just remember everyone, you take those, you, you, you cast that wider net. You, I, I love the circles and being strategic about it. When you do that and you take those, um, Tiny marketing actions, that, that's, the, that's the term, I like it. You take those tiny marketing actions, what you're always gonna end up with is better clients, a better practice, and a better life. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the WealthAbility for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.